Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2307 with a release date of Friday, January 14th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. The pandemic cancels a major DX convention, amateurs prep for winter field day, and an Olympic achievement for amateur radio. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2307 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. We begin this week with news of yet another pandemic-related cancellation. Responding to concern over the unprecedented upsurge in COVID-19 cases, organizers of the International DX Convention in Visalia, California, have called off the annual event, which is considered one of the premier amateur radio DX conventions. It was to have been held beginning April 8th, hosted by the Southern California DX Club and the Northern California DX Club. The announcement was made by co-chairs Bill Kendrick, N6RV, and Mel Hughes, K6SY. For details, visit dxconvention.org. Anyone watching the progress of the James Webb Space Telescope now has a whole lot more to see. And so does the telescope itself. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us up to date. Having unfolded the reflector that is central to its operation as history's largest orbital observatory, the James Webb Space Telescope now waits to unfold the secrets of the universe. The $10 billion telescope will use its 21-foot gold-coated reflector to explore the cosmos, most especially tracing the first stars to form in the first 100 million years following the creation of the universe. NASA heralded it as a major milestone. Saturday's process completed the unfolding, which was done in stages on January 7th and 8th. You can see an animation of what occurred in space on YouTube. A link to that video appears in this week's text version of the Newsline script. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. It's January, and that means, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, Winter Field Day. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, explains how to get in on the action. Get ready for Winter Field Day 2022, which is happening worldwide on January 29th and 30th. As the organizers state on their website, being ready for emergency communications isn't just an exercise done when the sun is shining and the weather is mild. In the Northern Hemisphere, where temperatures can easily drop below freezing this time of year and snow and ice can complicate the scenario, hams are preparing to operate using a variety of permissible modes with CW, SSB, DMR, PSK among them. Winter field day rules prohibit operation on FT8 or FT4. However, QRP and low are the only power category choices this year with operators using 100 watts or less. For a look at the rules and the logging instructions, visit winterfieldday.com. That's winterfieldday, one word, dot com. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. 
Do you know someone who is a candidate for the U.S. Technician Class license? They have until July 1st to test under the current pool of questions. A new pool of 412 test questions has been released by the National Conference of Volunteer Examiner Coordinators, and it takes effect from that date. The conference's question pool committee decided to reduce the number of questions by 11, eliminating 62 questions and introducing 51 new ones. These questions will be used for the next four years. The conference describes the question's level of difficulty as being more balanced, adding that updates have been made to questions about certain techniques and practices. The questions are available for download as a PDF or JPEG files on the National Conference website. Find the URL in the text version of this newscast at arnewsline.org. An amateur whose talents and generosity were widely known by contesters in Australia and beyond has become a silent key. We hear about him from John Williams, VK4JJW. Mike Saboch, VK3AVV slash VK3JV, was known locally as an active and valued member of the Eastern Mountain District Radio Club VK3ER, where he was recently awarded a life membership. But in the larger world of amateur radio, he was appreciated even more for his support of contesters and those involved in special events everywhere. Mike became a silent key on the 5th of January, as reported by one of his close friends, Peter Forbes, VK3QI. Mike was the author of the widely used VKCL contest logging software, a free program that became a mainstay for a number of events in Australia, including the VHF-UHF field days of the Wireless Institute of Australia. The program had been in use for more than 20 years. Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, Australia's amateur radio magazine, editor-in-chief, recalled how he and Mike worked side-by-side since 2004 as managers of those field days. The software's ease of use and versatility made it particularly appreciated by contest managers as well as participants. The Wireless Institute of Australia noted on its Facebook page, quote, Mike leaves behind a tremendous legacy of his hard and dedicated work and his love for amateur radio, end quote. The Eastern and Mountain District Club announced on its webpage that all stations in the VHF-UHF contest on January 15 will observe a one-minute silence in Mike's memory. The contest will therefore start at 0101 UTC. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. An influential amateur who helped change the role of ham radio in Bangladesh has become a silent key. With that report, here's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The founder of the Bangladesh Amateur Radio League and the first licensed amateur of that nation has become a silent key. Sahif Shahid, S21A, died on the 10th of January in the United States. He had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and had other medical issues, according to League members. In recent years, Saif lived in New Mexico and held the call sign KF6WJZ. He also held the call sign G1NWJ when he lived in the UK. He was 75. Saif led the Bangladesh League, which he had helped to create in May 1979. In 1991, he successfully pressed the nation's government to support amateur radio for emergency communications. The League was admitted into the IARU in 1982. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The Carol Perry Educator of the Year Award to be presented at this year's Orlando Hamcation has its first international winner. We hear more from Jack Parker, W8ISH. 
Combining cutting-edge technology with amateur radio, Dick Filstras, PA0DFN, has a strong reputation for guiding students in electronics and communications projects. However, the retired school principal has not limited his work to the classrooms in the Netherlands. One of his best-known international school projects is called Communication Helps International Programs, or CHIP, which has attracted schools throughout Europe. Dick has also been heavily involved in the transmitter hunting activities and competitions of the European Youth ARDF Championships. Dick himself is an avid participant in ARDF events. Dick was chosen as the latest winner of the honor, which was created in 2018 to recognize educators whose work promotes amateur radio and radio science. Carol Perry, WB2MGP, was the first recipient of the award, which bears the name of the New York-based educator. Dick will be honored at the Orlando Hamcation in Florida on February 10th through the 13th. Congratulations, Dick. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker. W-8-I-S-H. Congratulations to Silas Davis, W-3-S-E-D, Olivia Lead, K-D-2-U-Y-X, and Isaac Schmidt, K-6-I-A-S. The three youngsters wrote the winning essays in the Intrepid DX Group's second annual Youth Dream Rig Contest. Hams from around the United States who are 19 years old or younger were eligible. Silas, the first place winner, is nine. This year's contest took place with the help of funding from Amateur Radio Digital Communications. The youngsters were asked to address the question of how amateur radio can evolve to remain relevant in the internet age. You can find the winning essays on the ARDC webpage. The link is provided in the text version of this week's newscast script at arnewsline.org. In announcing the winners previously, Paul Ewing, N6PSE, president of the Intrepid DX Group, said the essays were, quote, brimming with enthusiasm to keep our hobby alive well into the future, end quote. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the KB9 LPP repeater in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, on Saturdays at 9 a.m. and on Echolink. Parks on the Air Activators and Chasers had a busy year in 2021. Vance Martin, N3VEM, gives us the year's numbers. In Parks on the Air news, with 2021 now in the books, Parks on the Air would like to thank the nearly 4,000 activators and 122,000 hunters who combined forces to make over 2.6 million contacts from over 10,000 parks in 45 different DXCC entities for 2021. Of particular note, we would like to congratulate Bill, K4NYM, who completed 1,260 activations for the year, and David, NG5E, who activated 421 different parks. Congratulations are also due to Gene, NT2A, who hunted 5,458 parks, and Joe, N3XLS, who made 11,467 hunter QSOs in 2021. We also want to give special acknowledgement to two hunters, N5HA, Kenneth Bailey, and W9AV, Clint Sprott, who managed to hunt at least one park every day in 2021. There are several folks, including myself, who are going to attempt the same feat in 2022, 
so stay tuned to the monthly POTA updates to see how the 2022 Bailey Sprott Park-A-Day Challenge is progressing, or follow along on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtags Bailey Sprott and Park-A-Day. This is November 3, Victor Echo Mike with your 2021 December and year-end Parks on the Air update. Be sure to visit parksontheair.com for information about the program and POTA.app for spotting, park information, leaderboards, and more. Pride Radio Group, an Australian group with an international membership, is getting ready to host its first contest. Luke Ehrlicher, VK3 UKW, brings us that story. Pride Radio Group has been a home and a champion for underrepresented groups in amateur radio for a little more than a year, and we are now planning our first contest. The International CQ Pride Contest will run through the first weekend of June to celebrate Pride Month 2022. The contest is open to all amateurs worldwide as single or multi-operator entries, with bonus points for working diversity-oriented amateur radio groups, newly licensed amateurs, and low-power operation. Some details, such as log submission, are still being finalized, but mark June 4 to June 6 on your calendars. Pride Radio Group is an international group that aims to further acceptance and inclusion for underrepresented groups in amateur radio. This has been Luke VK3UKW for Pride Radio Group VK3PRG. Find the contest rules in the text version of this week's Newsline script. As amateurs gear up for the big Quartzfest gathering in Arizona, some hams are ready to go the distance. The biggest distance they can. Here's Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, with the details. Think of the upcoming competition as DXing in the desert, because that's just what it is. And think of two of the contest's past winners, such as Fred Scully, K0VK, and Richard McGaver, NK9G, as being ready to rumble later this month. It's all friendly fun, really, which is what amateur radio and camping out in Arizona's Sonora Desert should be. During the one-week ham radio event, known as Quartz Fest, a small but active club known as the Northern Arizona DX Association is challenging everyone there to see just how far their signals can reach while operating out among the tall cacti. The founder of the Distance Challenge, Bob Wirtz, N7FE, said this will be the DX Challenge's third year. He was inspired to suggest it after he attended QuartzFest in 2018 and with the help of co-chairman Ron Gerlach, KG7OH, the club made it happen. This year, QuartzFest takes place between the 23rd and the 29th of January. The challenge itself will take place on the three days, Monday, January 24th, Tuesday, January 25th, and Thursday, January 27th. Be there or at least be listening, you could be the next big DX that makes someone a winner. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillace, KK6ITB. The National Science Foundation has just given a grant to HamSci, which is meanwhile looking for presenters for its March workshop. Kevin Trotman, N5, PRE, brings us that story. Congratulations to Nathaniel Frizzell, W2NAF founder of the Ham Radio Science Citizen Investigation, or HAMSI, on being selected to receive a National Science Foundation grant of nearly $50,000 towards HAMSI's next workshop in March. The workshop will be held at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama, on the 18th and 19th of March, and will feature in-person as well as virtual activities. Its focus this year is HAMSI's personal space weather station project, which was previously granted $1.3 million from the National Science Foundation. One of the project's goals is to gauge the impact weather has on upper levels of the Earth's atmosphere. 
The findings are expected to rely heavily on input from amateur radio operators. Meanwhile, the workshop is calling for abstracts from prospective presenters. Abstracts should be submitted no later than February 1st, and successful speaker candidates will be notified by February 16th. To submit an abstract, upload the document using the button that can be found at hamside.org stroke hamside2022. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. In the world of DX, be listening for Felix DL5XL, who has been operating as DP1POL since late December from Neumeyer 3 Station in Antarctica. Both Felix and Teresa DC1TH will be on the air until mid-February, mainly on 15 and 30 meters using CW and FT8. The station is expecting the arrival of Karsten DM2KX by the middle of this month. The Norwegian Amateur Radio Society, the NRRL, is marking its 100-year anniversary. Be listening throughout the year for operators on the air from the club station in Totland to the southeast of Bergen using the call sign LA100B. Hams will be using a variety of modes on HF and 6 meters. During contests, the operators will use the call sign LN1B. The HD8M de-expedition team has canceled its trip to the Galapagos Islands, which was scheduled for March. The announcement expressed members' concerns over the spread of the coronavirus and, in particular, its impact on Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands. With many of the operators needing to travel through various airports and more than one country, the team has opted to look for another date when conditions are safer. With the Winter Olympics only weeks away in Beijing, it's only natural to think about past challenges and triumphs. We end with a story about one Olympic event that involved what else? Amateur radio. Mike Askins, KE5CXP, explains. If you call Bob Josewite, WA3PZO, an Olympian among amateurs, you wouldn't be wrong. During the traditional Olympic torch relay that heralded the start of the 1980 Winter Olympics here in the United States, Bob and Robert Strickland, WA3HWZ, were among the area hams providing local, mid-range, and long-distance communications as the torch made its way north from Langley Air Force Base in Virginia to the opening ceremonies in Lake Placid, New York. Bob told Newsline that some hams rode in the vehicles following the flame's path, ensuring the runners arrived on time at various ceremonies along the 1,000-mile route. Locally, members of the Holmesburg Amateur Radio Club were stationed at various locations along that part of the route through Pennsylvania. In all, he said there were about 20 hams involved to meet the challenge of this on-the-road communications network. Now, Bob didn't play much sports in his younger days and is more accustomed to the kind of relays you find on HFNet. But he did receive a bronze participation medal from the Olympics organizers for his efforts. Then in 1984, when Los Angeles hosted the Summer Olympics, he was called upon to provide technical support there as well. As everyone knows, the best Olympic coaches are Olympic medalists too. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. With thanks to the ARRL, the BBC, Bangladesh Amateur Radio League, Bob Josuit, WA3PZO, Bob Wirtz, NF7E, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Eastern and Green Mountain District Radio Club, HAMSI, IRTS, NASA, National Conference of Volunteer Examiner Coordinators, Pride Radio Group, 
qrz.com roger harrison vk2zrh southgate amateur radio news shortwave radio.de wireless institute of australia winterfield day and you are listeners that's all from the amateur radio newsline you can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org we remind listeners that amateur radio newsline is an all-volunteer non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation if you wish to support us please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all for now with karen eve murray kd2 gut at the news desk in new york and our news team worldwide i'm neil rapp wb9 vpg in union kentucky saying 7-3 and as always we thank you for listening amateur radio newsline is copyright 2022 all rights reserved